0: Dear Fellow Redeemed, Beloved of God in Christ. Sometimes people struggle. They struggle with a sense of who they are. They have some kind of identity crisis, which I suppose could happen to any of us. Especially if we fixate on the unstable things that attract human nature's attention, or we try to compete with each other, or we base our sense of worth on things that matter to the world, chances are I'm not going to like the result very much based on physical appearance, like how much hair I have, or how much popularity you have or athletic ability or some other ability or potential and earning power to be gained by a chosen career path. On the other hand, we can become quite satisfied with the identity God has given us. And that's because it is spiritual in nature. It is not affected by what the world does. It's based on faith. And it's at the same level for everyone involved. It starts with this basic truth. We are equally loved by the God who loves perfectly. No one gets to say exclusively, I'm God's favorite, since we are all God's favorites in a manner of speaking. That means we are equally claimed by Him as His dear children equally valuable to him, even to the point that he sacrificed his beloved son for every single one of us. Let's hear the Bible's description of our own very valuable spiritual identity in First Peter 2, verse 19. You are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. You are a chosen generation, the Bible says. Hey, we might know something from experience, what it's like to be chosen, and what it's like not to be chosen. We could think of annual tour choir tryouts, or the casting done for the musical or the play. With such things, a person is chosen for a spot based on the usual expectations, performance, experience, qualifications of one kind or another, meeting the expected standard. When was the last time you were chosen for something you did not deserve? That doesn't seem to happen, at least not intentionally. And yet, that is exactly what happens with every believer in Christ. God has chosen us to be his own, even though we deserve the opposite from him, don't we? His rejection and condemnation because of our sins. God has chosen you and me to be his believers in Christ, even though we enter this world with a heart dead set against him, wanting nothing to do with him. God has made this choice, independently of us, with Jesus in view as a complete act of His grace. When God makes this choice, it means He is driven, absolutely driven, to claim and to keep us. And that means that the necessary faith is something that He creates and preserves within us until the very end. God has given your identity A complete turnaround. A 180 U-turn, where we should go from one end of the spectrum to the other, just to see how amazing this is. No longer are we people so stained with sin that God has to cut us loose. Rather, we are covered with Christ, wrapped in His righteousness, completely acceptable on that basis to the Heavenly Father. No longer are we enemies of God and strangers to his ways. Rather, we are adopted into his family, his children that he constantly cares for. No longer are we trapped in that gripping fear of death and judgment that Hebrews talks about. Rather, we know God's plan for us, in which he wants us to live forever. No longer do we have to wander aimlessly in the darkness of spiritual ignorance because of that well-lit path in front of us, having the light of God's love and His Word. Now, with this change of identity comes a progressive change worked by God in the way we think and act, the way we set our priorities in life, the way we treat each other, and especially the way we respond the Lord himself. Paul writes in Ephesians that we are to walk worthy of the calling with which you were called. In the text of 1 Peter 2, the apostle narrows this down to one main thing. As God's people, we are to proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Typically, that happens as a group effort in our worship of God which takes various forms, including choir. Privately or individually, this also happens when your praise amounts to witnessing to somebody who doesn't yet know the Lord. So, all things considered, are we destined to have our own identity crisis? Are we going to be confused about or unsatisfied with who we are? There is the temptation for that to happen, and yet... We can help each other to remember the great value of our spiritual identity in Christ. Let that identity you have as God's redeemed child and heir be the strong wind that lifts you up when your spirits are down. Let your Christian identity be part of the confidence you have to face what's in front of you, knowing that you're surrounded by the Lord, or to share with another person who your Father is in heaven, what the Savior has done to make you his own. We have this incredible truth at at the very baseline of it all. You belong to God by grace through faith because of the Savior's sacrifice. Your value and identification in this world cannot get any higher than that. God has brought you to the summit, set you on the pinnacle, And we get to stay there. Praise be to him, the triune God, our Heavenly Father, our victorious Savior, and the Spirit sent to sanctify our hearts and lives. Amen. We close our worship praising our Lord in singing hymn 785, stanzas 1, 2, and 4. Stanzas 1, 2, and 4 of Hymn 785.
1: Um